Hello, Rams fans, and welcome back to Pod TST. Today, we do say goodbye to the Rams 2020, I guess, dash 2021. Is this what people are doing now? They're taking the NBA thing of saying that because one month of the season happens. It's one of the worst things to have happened in the history of football is that the playoffs, the season, the whole thing collapses into the year, the next year, just for a sliver of time, and you, you get dates mixed up. I can't do it. So this is the end of the Rams 2020 NFL season, but it is also the start of the Rams 2021 season. This is a year-round sport. This is a year-round entertainment activity. That's what it should be seen as, and it's the best when your team makes it to the Super Bowl, as Rams fans are well aware of here in the last couple of years. And the Rams, having gone back to the playoffs, and made a lot of people were satisfied and already thought that the Rams had gone above expectations this season, as evidenced in a poll that I ran on Turf Show Times when most people said that they said the Rams have already beaten their expectations. So. I think that for sure, even though a loss can feel like a, it leaves that sour taste in your mouth, you know, you're setting yourself up. You want to, if you win a playoff game, get into the playoffs, win a playoff game, eventually the, the bitter taste comes in. Just like every meal at the end, you have to eat that big bitter pill at the end of every meal. It's one of my least favorite things about dinner, but one of my favorite things about breakfast. Anyway, this, the Rams did not play the game that they had hoped to play defensively. There were a lot of opportunities there for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay offense that were even left on the table. We know that the, the Packers may be in their best-case scenario with the way that they played on Saturday and with the breaks that they were given, uh, you know, or just that's the way. That, I'm not saying that there was a whole lot of, like, it was because of breaks given, but, yeah, it, the if we aren't talking about, uh, we're talking about something completely different if the the Rams are able to recover that A.J. Dillon fumble, right? So despite the way that the Rams lost by, you know, 14 points, it looks like a big score now, 32 to 18. They didn't get blown out. This was a close game in the fourth quarter, midway through the fourth quarter. This was a close game. The Rams had an opportunity even. They had a drive down seven points in the fourth quarter. They went into Green Bay and kept it close despite a few things working against them, but no excuses even being used. I thought the Rams played pretty okay, uh, and at times you would at least feel pretty optimistic. You know, Speaking of the 2021 season, spe feel more optimistic about the prospects of Jared Goff. I think, again, it, it, when you talk about a team – scoring 18 points and the other team has Aaron Rodgers and you know that Aaron Rodgers has always been that good to some degree at least you know we can say that from the beginning of his career I mean Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl in what his second season as a starter so we can say that probably Aaron and I'm not even, look I would say Aaron Jared Goff went to a Super Bowl in his second season as a full-time starter so bad job on me bad job on me there I correct myself, so I've corrected myself, but we could also just see that Aaron Rodgers was a different player early in his career. Just so they both, you know, they both went to the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers, though, was an MVP, and Aaron Rodgers was touted in the way. So you know that with Jared Goff, compared to Patrick Mahomes, compared to Deshaun Watson, compared to several guys around the league, not a lot of guys around the league, but several guys around the league, there's that snap 
in the immediately beginning, first couple of years, you know, they got it. There's very few players who in year five or year six appear to just get it. It's great when you have exceptions in history. You know, it's so fun to look at exceptions, but you can't, you know, you can't use them as the rule. So uh, as much as it's nice to compare Jared Goff to some other quarterback in history and talk about, well, you know, and this guy, John Elway, won a Super Bowl in his uh, 85th season. You know, it doesn't really matter what anyone else has ever done. This is Jared Goff. So looking at Jared Goff, I would say that, again, I feel that people could feel more optimistic about Jared Goff, given that just a couple of weeks ago there were there was talk, and I'm sure it hasn't completely gone away or will go away, and it's going to be a fun offseason, uh, that people want to see John Wolford over Jared Goff. But I think that with the way that Goff played, you at least could see, again, the, the way that they were playing early in the season. Remember that time? Remember September? I know this last year has felt like... A Gilded Age. Uh, I don't even know how long a Gilded Age is, but that's how long it's felt like, and that's what I would say is how long ago it felt like the Rams' offense could do anything, but we were reminded of that against Green Bay today, weren't we? Didn't you feel that you could see a bit of what made the Rams successful in September show up today, even with Jared Goff coming back with that thumb injury and was able to run the offense pretty well without Cooper Cup as one of his options, without David Edwards? And, I, and obviously, I think uh, Bobby Evans played what – Little times Bobby Evans was shown, you know, it's not obvious when a lot of offensive linemen do things, but, you know, when Bobby Evans came up, it, it wasn't necessarily a good thing. So Jared Goff was not playing with his uh, full offense and didn't, wasn't playing with his most dangerous wide receiver and still made some things happen. And then uh, Sean McVay, I think, also proved that he could make some things happen. Cam Akers running out of the Wildcat cat. And uh, why not call it, yeah, the Wild Cam? How about that? Nobody called it the Wild Cam. Hold on. I got to log off of, I got to stop doing this podcast and make a tweet and call it the Wild Cam and see if I can get, I don't know, guys, maybe seven or eight likes. Can you imagine how easy life will be for me from now on if I get seven likes on a tweet? I'll be king of the hill. Uh, but. The Rams didn't have that. Would Cooper of Cup have made a difference? Maybe. I don't know. You know, that he's a pretty good player, right? So that why not say that he could have made a difference? This was a close game by the fourth quarter. And it just felt like the Rams were certainly able to move on offense at times. But then other times, of course, they went nowhere on offense. And I don't know that Cooper Cup was really... It felt like the Rams were either Jared Goff was under duress or they would get themselves in huge holes early, first down, second down, get left with third and 14, and, and then just couldn't really go anywhere. So I don't know that Cooper Cup really felt like the missing piece today. And yet Jared Goff did play pretty well. And I think he did so with uh, Josh Reynolds making a nice, a few nice plays. I believe he also had a drop unfortunately, but what will the Rams do with Josh Reynolds and the Josh Reynolds situation in 2021? I wonder Josh Reynolds is a free agent. The Rams have extended previously to this season, Robert Woods and Cooper cup. So they were pretty committed to those two guys as their starting receivers next season. And they drafted Van Jefferson. So you would think that they have those three guys 
I don't know who the fourth guy would be, uh, Simba Webster, Tristan Jackson, but Josh Reynolds is a free agent, and Cooper Cup, in case you didn't hear me talk a couple minutes ago, was out of this game, and he missed half of the season in 2018. He's missed some games for various reasons. And what are the Rams going to do next season if it comes down to, oh, you're going to this game with Robert Woods and... Van Jefferson as your top two receivers. Who is going to be that third receiver? Again, Simba Webster, Tristan Jackson. Are they going to draft another receiver? Are they going to add one? Are they going to keep Josh Reynolds? Josh Reynolds does things that no other receiver on this team has been, uh, a receiver on this team has proven able to do. Van Jefferson, he might have had a career high in yards and stuff today. I know he had a career high in targets. You know, got looked at seven times. And might be fine. I can't say what Van Jefferson will become. Nobody can. I can only speak to the season that he did have, which was not very productive. He wasn't out there very often. That could be on Sean McVay. I don't know. We don't know that. It could be, again, some of these guys like Robert Woods with the amount of production he has. That could be on Sean McVay. That could be on Jared Goff. That could be on Kevin O'Connell. You know, who knows what Kevin O'Connell's part in this whole offense is anyway. But, there are a lot of things that could attribute to the way that, uh, you know, Josh Reynolds could be a highly sought after free agent for a few teams. Uh, he's got uh, the ability to play that receiver spot in such a way. He's got the size and he's been, a, I think this year proved that he's somewhat reliable and he's pretty young and there's going to be a few teams that might want to secure up one of their wide receiver spots with a, a number three guy of that caliber. And the Rams could not really expect to be the team to do it because they have six or seven notable free agents and they don't have any cap room that we know of. If you go to over the cap or spot sport track or whatever uh, one you want to go to, it's, seems like uh, you could come away with the conclusion that uh, the Rams have negative 22 million in cap space or something. And that's based on a projection that those websites have of some thing that came out that the Rams would have, uh, not the Rams that the NFL would have a sort of uh, cap salary cap floor um, and that some people have said, well, it's probably going to be, maybe it's going to be 175 million, but I don't think that that's going to be confirmed and it could be any number of things, but the Rams will probably not have a lot of money to spend. And they also have Troy Hill as a free agent. And they also have John Johnson as a free agent. And they also have Austin Blythe as a free agent and Gerald Everett as a free agent. And they don't have a lot of places to save money, unless you're going to part ways with Andrew Whitworth, who was one of their best players this season. So that's going to be difficult to see them part ways with Andrew Whitworth or if they're going to part ways with Tyler Higby. There's a lot of different uh, ways that they could, I guess, go there. But And I, you know, I, I've made the argument of why they couldn't re-sign John Johnson. I've made the argument of why they could re-sign John Johnson. I think that they would be able to make it work if they – are willing to sacrifice a couple other things that would probably include Josh Reynolds and going with that Van Jefferson, but Josh Reynolds leaded leading the Rams in receiving yards on Saturday against the Packers thought that he played pretty well, but did have a drop. And I think the big question for the Rams moving forward is, yeah, what do you do next season without Josh Reynolds? Also, how many times next season are the Rams 
going to run that wild cam offense. Probably not unless things get bad, right? Well, I, I, you know, they, we haven't really spent too much time even considering whether or not the Rams would be interested in a Taysom Hill type. They have a Troysom Hill, uh, but would they be interested in a, in a Taysom Hill type of player? Would Cam Akers, I guess, could you really be a, I mean, because they were mentioning, obviously, that he has a little bit of experience at quarterback in his entire football life. But, you know, is that an option there of him actually sitting in the Wildcat very often? Is that going to be something that uh, satisfies the people who don't want to see as much of Jared Goff, but also the realization that the Rams can't get away from Jared Goff? His contract pretty much makes that impossible. But the, you know, the broadcast was criticizing the Wildcat, I thought. Who cares? I mean, the the Rams offense is not explosive. It's not exciting. It's not what it was in 2017 and 2018. Jared Goff is not able to do the things that Aaron Rodgers is doing. Cam Akers is their best player uh, as a skill player, maybe right now, even including Robert Woods. You know, Cam Akers is very possibly the Rams' best skill player. We're just now finding out, you know, and put the, putting the ball in his hands, it seems fine with me. And also, as people in the, I think, on Turf Show Times were even mentioning too, it, it seems pretty obvious to a lot of us that the Rams could be setting up for a play later that they like through that wild card. Uh, yeah, through the wild card. They got past the wild card, and then they got into the wild cat. But getting into that wild cat, it seemed like, yeah, they could be setting something up. And then Cam Akers did rush for a touchdown out of the Wildcat formation and then had a nice hook and lateral play on the two-point conversion that did bring the Rams to within seven points. In the, and going into the fourth quarter, you just really felt like, okay, it's a seven-point game. The Rams' defense is starting to string together a couple of these better drives, forcing punts. Maybe this is similar to the Bills game, minus the part where the Rams lose in the end, you know, but uh, that was really the, uh, once the Rams got the ball back, they had a chance to go down and tie the game. If they could string together a whole drive of, you know, 90 plus yards or whatever it would have been. But uh, there were a few plays that felt like they really hurt the most. And that included, of course, the Aaron Jones 60 yard run which Aaron Jones you know just no players in the area you know Aaron Jones made a nice cut at 10 yards out there was nothing between him really in 10 yards but then he made a nice cut and then he made a guy uh, miss a tackle and he goes for 60 yards Aaron Jones is a great running back and the Packers being able to rush the ball as they did on Saturday may have been an even bigger difference in the game than the Packers uh, just having those some of those bigger plays from uh, Aaron Rodgers even. Just the fact that the Packers were able to gain the yards on first and second down that they wanted to to set themselves up for so many makeable third downs, comfortable third downs. I Pulled up a few stats here over at Stathead, the uh, football reference or the reference websites, stat tools. And this was every player who had at least five rushing attempts against the Rams this season. 
of every player that had, there were 28 players who had at least five rushing attempts. This includes a few quarterbacks. Uh, they had at least five rushing attempts, 28 players. The, the best was three players who averaged seven and a half yards per attempt, the best out of just yards per attempt, seven and a half yards per attempt, which was Russell Wilson, Wayne Gallman, and Daniel Jones. The two of them are quarterbacks. And so Wayne Gallman had the most, which is six carries only for 45 yards. So six carries for 45 yards. If you're going down to 10 yards, uh, at least 10 rushing attempts, then Devin Singletary had the highest yards per carry, 13 rushing attempts for 71 yards and 5.46 yards per attempt. Kenyon Drake, 10 carries for 49 yards, 4.9. And Miles Sanders, 20 carries for 95 yards, 4.75 yards per attempt. Aaron Jones in this game, 14 carries, 99 yards, 7.1 yards per carry. So probably the best game by any running back against the Rams this season, just in terms of their total production. Of course, 60 yards coming on one play, 60 yards coming on one rushing play. Uh, only five players had 60 yards in a game against the Rams this season. Nobody had 100 rushing yards against the Rams this season. This was the most rushing yards the Rams allowed this season. This was the most yards per carry allowed by the Rams this season. And as a defense, it was the most rushing yards allowed by the Rams this season total by 52 yards. And not only that, not only did uh, Aaron Jones have 14 for 99, but Jamal Williams, the other number two running back or the number two running back had 12 carries for 65 yards, 5.4 yards per carry. That means that he is basically the, the, it would go the best game would be Aaron Jones. The second best might be Devin Singletary. And the third would be Jamal Williams. And then even AJ Dillon had six carries for 27 yards, 4.5 yards per carry. That, even would have been one of the better games against the Rams this season. So in total, Green Bay rushes 36 times, which they love, for 188 yards, 5.2 yards per carry, and two touchdowns. Of course, Aaron Rodgers also rushed for that touchdown. And that total is, is even including four carries for negative three yards by Rodgers. So the running backs had 191 rushing yards on only 32 attempts. So the Rams were really just run over by Green Bay. 60 of it coming on that single run by Jones, but it didn't really matter. The Packers were getting what they wanted to get. Jones could have gotten 10 yards on that play, and it still would have been a typical, you know, probably would have gotten 10 on the next play and 8 on the next play. So the Rams' run defense was really exploited here by Green Bay in the ways that they uh, were able to run on the Rams that no other team could run on the Rams this season, and I think that helped out. Rodgers even more you know that a lot and it might have been more important than even what Rodgers was able to do Alan Lazard four catches for 96 yards and of course 58 of those coming on that late play that touchdown play that was again there was the 60 yard run and then obviously the, the biggest backbreaker Alan Lazard's 58 yard touchdown catch Devontae Adams Nine catches for 66 yards, a touchdown on 10 targets. He did catch nine of 10 targets. Uh, the Rams were able to keep him to 6.6 yards per target, not have any of those you know, really big plays, but Devontae Adams uh, did seem to be 
pretty in control and happy with what he was doing. Uh, Robert Tanyan, he had that 33-yard grab, you'll remember, and it finished with four catches for 60 yards, but no touchdowns. And if you keep Robert Tanyan out of the end zone, that's considered to be a win. Unfortunately, uh, the Rams did not get the win. They did not get the game out of Aaron Donald that everyone would have hoped for, and yet how can you blame Aaron Donald? It's injuries. It's a lot of things that could be working against him here. It's a great performance by Green Bay's offensive line. I think uh, Eldon Jakes, Jenkins, uh, their, their guard, and I think obviously when Aaron Rodgers drew the 15-yard penalty, that set things back at a time when you just wanted the Rams to have that positive start to maybe even you know get a get a lead. They were only down three nothing, and then it was three three, and you thought you know at that time it was three three, and you thought okay you know it's about to be third and seven. So that was a difficult penalty by Aaron Donald, and then for him not to play in all of the snaps and uh, to be held out quite a lot and obviously not be effective when he was out there. Aaron Donald finished with just one tackle and nothing else to speak of. Uh, yet his, you know, and, and that penalty. Leonard Floyd was not productive, three tackles. Uh, we, we saw him show up a few times in not good ways, usually that touchdown run by Aaron Rodgers, of course, and, and Leonard, William, uh, Leonard Floyd, excuse me, will be a free agent to the Troy Reader led the team with 13 tackles. They're just... It wasn't the dominant performance by the defense where if they could force a turnover, if they could shut down the run, but they couldn't shut down the run. They couldn't force any turnovers. They didn't get lucky, you know, on that Aaron Rodgers uh, fumble recovery, unfortunately. So that was the biggest takeaway for me. And and I, I don't think that the defense played quite as poorly as a lot of people do I think that you got to give credit where credit's due to Green Bay's offense, the talent that they have, the how well Matt LaFleur has been coaching them and clearly knows what to do against his former boss and his former team. And I could see people in the middle of the defense, you know, they had back-to-back punts forced. They were so close to maybe even getting a third, you know, or even getting that fumble by Rodgers. Could have been the perfect time. And even then, uh, just giving up a first down would seemingly get people upset about the defense and say that this was the best defense in the NFL. So I'm going to respect the Rams as having the best defense in the NFL. I'm going to respect the Packers for beating it. I'm going to not make an excuse for Aaron Donald. It's pretty clear how much Aaron Donald's impact has on the game when he's in it and he's healthy. And, and it was clear how he played today. But you should never have to – you can't say that anybody has one of the greatest defenses if it relies on one player to even be good. And I think that today's defense was pretty good against a great team, not like elite, obviously. And that's the difference between, you know, those, those teams that won Super Bowls with great defenses and, and no quarterback or no offense and the Rams, which is the Packers happen to have not only a great quarterback, but they happen to have a pretty good defense. Uh, I know that they might have one of the best secondaries in the NFL along with the Rams. They might, you know, the Rams and the Packers might have the two best secondaries in the NFL. So it's 
that also has to be accounted for. And players like Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary, who both had sacks, are, are both talented players. So understandable loss to the Rams given the season that they had. But the big questions ahead are how do the Rams get back to being a dominant team, a scary team, the team that is the Packers. And that'll have to happen with Jared Goff because of his contract. I do think that Jared Goff is capable but the Rams are going to have to find other there. You know, the good news is the having a full season of Cam Akers getting in a whole year and an off season with the idea in mind that Cam Akers can become this number one featured running back and build the offense around him. I think it's going to be huge for Goff. I think it's going to be huge for Woods and Cup. Uh, I, you know, I have optimism and hope for Van Jefferson. He was one of my favorite players coming out of the draft and, and his lead up into the season. And I don't know what went wrong, but there's got to be some hope there, I think. But I do think that the Rams would like to maybe add a weapon, add another player out there because Tyler Higby is not that exciting and they're going to need someone else out there, whether it's a tight end. I don't know if Bryson Hopkins is ever going to play, but if it's a tight end, if it's a wide receiver, if it's a running back, you know, if Daryl Henderson you think maybe even just another explosive running back like Cam Akers might even be the ticket, but the, the, the Rams finished the season. They made it to the divisional round. They have to regroup, but they've got a lot of ta talented players coming back next season, including Aaron Donald, including Jalen Ramsey, including a bunch of guys. So thank you for listening to this season of pod TST. Stay tuned. There'll be another episode of pod TST on Sunday with Michael Peterson. And this was my episode of pod TST Rams do unfortunately lose to the Packers 32, 18, but I think as much of a, a bright future ahead as the bright future that they had under all the years going into uh, with Sean McVay since 2018.